0: Hello, hello, my name is Dr. Rachel Gainsbury, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life, are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast.
1: You kind of talk about, you know, these major shifts, but that's when I started to see initially, kind of around 2018, and I'm sure it was happening before that, a lot more opportunities showing up on the sourcing side that were out in the rural areas. And that was because I would like to look for places that had already been a short-term rental or furnished firms. So I was seeing that hey, more and more uh, of those were showing up. Now, from the news or trending side of things, I started to notice how Airbnb was kind of rewarding hosts who would build something that was away again from the metro areas, off of the beaten path, out there in those rural areas. And they were doing it with something called a unique fund. So they were pivoting back then. So we saw you know, a little pivot back then again by incentivizing hosts to build, they would call it eco-friendly dwellings, away from the city. And so if you saw that that trend happening as restrictions were happening closer to the city. So what exacerbated that effort in that pivot was COVID. Then COVID came along, and not only did you see a pivot from the one of the major platforms. And I like to use, and I'm a defendant for a second, I like to use Airbnb a lot because it is just one of those major powerhouses when we talk about the platforms that we use. It's almost like when you say Kleenex, you you know it's Kleenex, but you're talking about tissue. So I like to follow those trends. But you see basically from a traveler standpoint, not only Airbnb pivoting, but now you see travelers being restricted from the travel restrictions, but they were starting to experience, just like us all, what I call COVID fatigue. So COVID fatigue, not being able to see their families, not being able to uh, connect. So you have two things happening on the front of travel. You have restrictions happening, people experiencing COVID fatigue. You did see a rise in digital nomads, which are people that now work virtually. And those professional medical people, you saw a spike in that, but that's only 30% of travelers. If we look at the numbers, that's about 30% of your travelers. And so where are we getting, or where's the other 70% of those travelers going? They wanted to go connect with their family. So where are they going? They're not going to the medical areas. They're going out to those rural areas to connect with their families. So What you saw, again, is a pivot from the platform perspective, but you also saw a pivot from the traveler's perspective, too, because they're saying, hey, we can't congregate, you know, near the metro area. It's not safe, maybe, you know, from all kinds of standpoints at that point, but you see them looking for what's drivable, you know. Where can we get together and actually be together without being uh, restricted? So you start seeing a lot of dwellings show up, uh, uh, short-term rental dwellings show up around those state parks, out in farms, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, I was like, hey, yeah, hell yeah, you know, let's go for it. So that's what I'll say is that if we take it back to what does it mean for your business is that you have to have the ability to pivot. You have to pay attention to those trends. Not only the trends on what's going on with the uh, platform, you have to show, you know, pay attention to the trends that's happening with the travelers themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? And so with CTG, that's my company, we pivoted too because now when we're sourcing, Rachel, we're looking at everything. I'm telling you, I had a a church on the table, you know, recently. Nobody wanted, you know, they wasn't ready, but these are the things that we're saying, okay, we're following these trends for you. Shake your portfolio, portfolio up a little bit at adding these spaces, when we're looking for spaces now, when you're looking out and you are, if you're somebody who's sourcing, because I always tell people, I'm not doing anything that you cannot do. Every time you need a property, I'm putting time in it. You could put time in it. That's all it is. It's just time. We're not doing anything magical. But now what I'm trying to get out there, and I think me and a lot of other people is that don't just look for maybe a metro area-based unit. You know, it's okay to look out. And it's, and not just, don't just look for the potential revenue potential coming out of that unit, look for ADU potential, you know, look for that zoning that allows you to maybe stand up a couple of glamping tents or pull up a a tiny house or something like, and it's, it's really, even though coming out of a a dark period, I'll call it a dark period, it's exciting. It's, it's an exciting, you know, time for investors.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness, TJ, you hit so much. I don't even know how I'm going to unpack this amazing gift that you just gave us. You dropped so many gems there. Everything from unique stays, you know, you're looking at tiny houses, ADUs, the ability to stand up in ADU. And that's something we actually talk about in our academy is I'm always looking for a space that has a little casita or has a little something that's a granny set or Something extra because, yeah. So it's what can to me that's one transaction. You get two deals in one transaction, possibly two, yes. three deals. I tell them you get three deals because the casita is one unit, the main house is one you, and then the whole package is a third unit. That's three listings for me. <laughs> it's exciting. It, exciting. it is exciting.
1: It's exciting time.
0: It's all about that time. Now, we, our Facebook group has a lot of busy professionals, right? But you, TJ, you work on this six out of the seven days a week.
1: Yes, I do. So yes, this I is do. your
0: full focus. This is my full-time job. job. Yeah. So you are the subject matter expert, and you yourself have properties that you're managing remotely. You're not in them every day. No. So it would be a drive for you to get there. Thanks, darling. I'm getting dinner too, guys. So yep. that's, the, that's right. You got to get content. it. In. <laughs>
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, but TJ, tell us a little bit about the types of homes that you're sourcing. I know you had an interesting experience in California, which we have quite a few people who are in California. So
1: I want to hear all about it. <laughs> I don't even know. But I hope and I hope he was able to make it. So I'm talking about you, Mike Rivers. That's one of our solid investors. So we have some types of investors that ju- they don't want hands-on of, you know, they just want the unit delivered. You want the, they want the the uh stream of income and get into this, but they want, you know, hands off. So I call them silent partners, but one of our silent partners, uh, I came up with a deal for him. I mean, it was a wonderful deal, you know, because we look at deals from four different aspects and it's number one is, you know, is the deal legal. Number two is, is the deal fair, meaning our panther, you know, rent and expenses are, and things like that. Is the deal lucrative? Meaning that is it a good ROI there? And then also we're looking now for that potential, you know, with the potential to turn this into an experience and, and add those additional uh, streams of income. And I'm telling you, this property hit all of those blocks in Joshua Tree, California. This just this week, it was on the uh, table, and I'm telling you, it was one that we had to fight for. Uh, we didn't get it, but I'll tell you the story because it still added value, just the experience. So you know the people were swarming around this property like flies. And so sometimes you have to go in with swallow all your pride and just kind of, you know, not big a little, I won't call it that, but you want to tell them why it is that you need to not look at any of those other competitors and why it is that we are we would be bringing the best partnership and making your property shine. Why you would want to go with them. So I'm trying to build that initial trust and relationship. And you know what? At first the owner told me, just no. I have, you know, over what I'm asking, I have other lucrative deals on the table, but I got a call back the next day saying, hey, I did have, I do have these other, you know, propositions on a table, but I don't like how convoluted their process is. You know, they were telling me about the 20 page uh, contracts and things like that, telling me things like that. And I also appreciate the uh, way that you came back and said, hey, just keep us in mind.'" I still want to, you know, check in with you every so often, just those little things. So we start going through the process. But in that same breath that the owner was saying, hey, we like you, they were also were making a deal to where it was not equal. It wasn't a fair deal, meaning they were not going to apply. They want to pull out all the appliances and things like that. And when we have deals like that, you know, we have to walk away. You know, it still has to be something in it for the person that's arbitrage. And so we now, me and Mike, <laughs> he's probably out in that closet where we now call that the negotiations from hell because it was three days of going back and forth, back and forth with trying to get the owner to just be reasonable with the terms. And it did, we had to let it go. It did die on the fine, But what a great experience. Found a great unit. Was legal had ADU potential, Senate views, and, you know, it just is what it is. So that was one of the particular projects we had uh, that kind of died, but we're going to keep going forward. Now, what is going well with unique stays is, and I've talked about this before, is that I have been on this glamping um, project for a while now. I don't know if it's too early to talk about that. No, go for it. Okay. Take it, take okay. it. Yes. <laughs> okay. We're going, I love it, love it, love it. So it was through a referral um from just a setup, you know, just the owners uh knowing that we worked on permits and setups and things like that, just reaching out saying, Hey, I have a partner that would like to get into this business. They want to do something a little different, and they need help with, you know, finding not only the, you know, the permit process, but maybe even help with finding the the uh the property and the land, which they have to help with that. Heck yeah, we can help with that. (laughs) because that's exactly what we like to do. We like to attach those type of special projects. And so I did connect with him. His name is Mr. Chris Matt. And you probably could look him up. I'll just say that because he has an extraordinary story of coming up in the Bitcoin blockchain business. But he wants to branch out a little bit. But anyway, so we connect and he goes, you know, this is what I want to do, TJ. I'm reading kind of what you're reading is that this is something that's up and coming. I want to set up this glamping site that has about five glamping tents and things like that. So I said, yeah, you know, I'll take a look at it. And he says, whatever resources you need, you know, you just, you know, let me know. I just need you to pull this through for me. Tell me what to buy. He was asking me, tell me what to buy and then how to permit it. So we did that. And, and what we settled on was instead of me looking at each and every property that he was interested in or land package, what we decided was I need to bet that. The counties. I need to go straight to finding out which county would allow any type of land or uh, property in their boundaries. Allow it to become what we term, because this is the actual term out there, is called eco-agricultural tourism. That is actually in term, and that's actually a thing out there um, that people probably have participated in, but they they didn't know. And so this is now spending the night in that. So so we vetted, this was 12 counties in Tennessee, 12, 12 counties in Tennessee. By the time we were finished, uh, myself and I had a little help, but vetting these 12 counties, we came to three that was willing to not only allow this, but to help us through the process. And so that gave him the opportunity to now know what zone he needs to look for in those, um, particular counties and what the process kind of looked like. And a lot of them didn't have a process, but they were saying, we are on board with, you know, with, what you're explaining, because you're explaining this small footprint, things like that. So they are on board with this, maybe bringing a little bit of uh, business to their counties. These are rural areas, you know, and things like that. So we we got to the, that. And then what we had to do, and that was, that was pretty much the end of my, my thing. After talking to all those planning boards and that was pretty much the end of my project with him. But he says, TJ, would you please just just stay on, you know, stay on this project, see it through the end. So we went into finding the plot of land or the, it was really a place that he brought to me and said, guess what, TJ? It also has the barn. <laughs> So he's all in now because now <laughs> I'm, tell- I'm talking to him about hey, there's all these unique places that you could turn in, and you know barns and you can do tiny house. And he goes, he goes, that's what. So we could probably do something. He's excited. We could probably do something with the barn on there too, you know. So that's the plan. That. Yes. <laughs> so it was. It's been a wonderful road, and we're not done. We had to do. He had me do the site plan, which is something called the plot, you know, the site plan that talks about the easements and the runoffs and things like that. And we got that in front of the the city. Now he's just waiting on really closing because we were able to get that all done before picking a land. We didn't want to pick something that we couldn't do this on. So right now that's what we're doing. We're just waiting. And this process is still going and it's still really very, very much something that's dear to my heart, really enjoy this and can't wait to see it come together. But These are the types of projects that we're wanting to take more, you know, more of. So that's exciting. TJ, that is so exciting.
0: And what hit home to me, and it all comes back full circle because initially you said people are looking to come together with their family and they have that fatigue. So when I heard that barn, well, I was thinking to myself, what about a micro wedding? You know, where it's just a small group and you can come together and kind of have that celebration that would have been grandiose in Absolutely. a different, you know, economy or in a different time
1: on That's the right. um,
0: timeline. But right now, these little eco baby showers with 10, weddings with 10 and 20, he has a nice space. That is yes, a very generous space. And the barn, That's I think, is definitely good.
1: a bonus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you know what? You said something that I actually didn't mention was that not only are people coming together out in these areas to connect with their families, they're coming out there to connect back with nature. You know, so just intuitively you have people seeking some type of connection, whether it be in those state parks or farms and things like that. So the experiences that they're getting is not that only that they're able to do just what you said, which is these events. And those nice barns and things, they're able to do farm work. People are paying to milk cows and, uh, you know, and things like that. So, again, it is so exciting.
0: Yes. And go yoga, right? That's- yeah. <laughs> so. That it, it's almost like a hobby, hobbyist farmer or... You know, people want to connect with nature. They want to connect with animals and livestock. We have a question from one of our mastermind students. What do you want to do with the barn? And we kind of talked a little about, do you want to expound a little bit? What, what, yeah, what else sorry. you can, you can do with the barn? Because there's another platform, PeerSpace, that possibly That's I was it. thinking of that. So what could you tell us a little bit about that?
1: If you look at so you could just do a quick Google search because I know I do, uh, you know, just a uh, barns being used for short term rentals or barns being used for vacation rentals. If you use the word vacation rentals, it'll pull them up a little a little faster and a lot more options. But people are using them just for what you said. They're building them out as event spaces on that property, and people are buying into that rustic event space that they just love. We're not just recreating a rustic space, you know, with a a venue that's, you know, probably modern or polished, so you bring in some of that rustic, you know, decor and stuff. You're actually having a true rustic experience when you do it out in the barn. And it is actual vendors and contractors that are out there now that convert barns. If you look it up, you'll see there's actual people that their business now is to take those barn spaces that may not be being used by actual livestock. You know, this one is bought, there's some livestock there and turn those over into a useful space for groups of people. You yeah. Know.
0: Yeah. And I've seen that. I will tell you that that is really big in like the Pennsylvania, the mountains area, the wedding gown, they're wearing their cowboy boots. They're having a barn. And I kid you not the way they stream the lights and they decorate It's just so beautiful. Beautiful. You wouldn't expect it, but it is just so beautiful. And I think it's that yearning to disconnect and then reconnect with nature is where that's coming from. So you hit the nail on the head so TJ tell us like we're five. Okay. So I'm learning more and more about you. I thought I knew about you, but I'm learning more and more about you by the minute. So tell us like we're five, we have investors in this space. They're looking to buy cash is tight, uh, housing prices are, are up, you know, the wazoo. And so for me, my, my powerful pivot, was to pivot into arbitrage, you know? So I went through the whole situation I'm calling up, um, landlords or landlords are reaching out to me through real estate agents, which is
1: which has been a great opportunity. So are you saying that you can help us find property? Absolutely. So I just wanted to take a second to explain what rental arbitrage is. You know, yes. yeah, I'm always learning. Yes. Okay, yes. Yes. Yes, so I just run across people that still don't know. So rental arbitrage just means to take control of a property by leasing it as an acquisition under a legal business entity, so I want to you know reiterate some things under a legal business entity with the intent to use that profit to profit off of by listing it on third party sites such as Airbnb, Verbo, and you know you know even PeerSpace if you want to do it hourly you know things like that. And that is uh, I want to you know reiterate that is fully disclosed to the owner you know or to whoever whatever entity controls that in that process so that's what what uh, arbitrage is how do we help so usually i'll say that there's five general you know phases or areas or yeah i don't say phases five different phases that people fall into when they're in this arbitrage journey it's usually that they're in the pre-admin phase of just getting started maybe standing up their business maybe um deciding what their budget is going to be, what their goals are going to be. And then they go into uh, the second area of this, which I call the sourcing. And then it's set up and then it's operating and then it's scaling. And so I usually find where people find us within that first two steps, the pre-admin, the sourcing phase, and also the scaling phase when people have something like I had that room and saying, I want to do a little bit more. Now, before I go into those folks that show us, why is rental arbitrage so attractive? Why is it so, you know, it's on fire right now. We're really being honest. A lot of people are choosing this route. And the reason that is because you can get into a unit for as little as $5,000. I have seen it. You can find you a furnished unit. You can find you a little studio that's maybe, you know, in a not so desirable building or something like that. But it's a lot of opportunities you have to step into a short-term rental opportunity with very little startup costs. Like I said, the average being between $5,000 and $8,000. And it gives you the opportunity to not only uh, step into it with low startup costs, cash flow, almost immediate cash flow. So you list those ones. Of course, you want to go direct at some point, but you get those one those third-party platforms, you start seeing immediate cash flow with that, right? And then with the other big thing about arbitrage...
0: As we speak, I just got an inquiry on one of our ar- arbitrage units, so you may proceed.
1: This one. Yeah, and that's absolutely, it is on fire right now, and that's because not only that, you can scale, you can scale big and quickly. You can scale across state lines again, and that leads to the last thing, our reason I think arbitrage is taking off It's because it's a partnership. So say you're just, and I like to use mother, you know, because I'm so for women, you know, I'm I'm here for you, women, if you're out there. I'm here to support you. I actually have a um, Facebook group that supports specifically women looking for arbitrage properties. But say you're out there by yourself, you're working a nine to five, you a single mother, you have some children and you don't know how to maybe flip a property or you don't know how to get into, you know, just uh, real estate where there's contracting involved and things like this. This is a good step in point for those type of people because with arbitrage, it's a partnership between you and the owner. So a lot of times in agreement, and I say a lot of times, most of the time in agreement is the owner is still taking care of a lot of those major repairs so that that doesn't bog you down or discourage you from coming into this type of uh, business. So a partnership with someone that gives you the opportunity to get started immediately, you know, immediately. So that's what we are. We're, we're, we're helping those folks that usually are Somewhere in that pre-admin phase or the sourcing phase and got everything they need, but they don't know how to get the property, or they have a property that maybe they purchased, and they're saying, I don't have 20, 30% to drop on another property, but this is good money for us, it's good cash flow. What other are my other options? So we're seeing those people's surface and saying, Can you help us grow?
0: You know, I absolutely love it. And again, TJ, thank you for defining arbitrage. That is something that I take for granted. I keep forgetting to define it. And it is a question. I just got that question yesterday. Like, what is arbitrage? Oh, that is a good point. I will definitely have TJ go ahead and define it for us on the talk today. And I totally forgot to do so. I am so glad that you, you took a step back to do it. And it shows the level of professionalism you are in the heart of a teacher that you have. And so I so appreciate that. TJ, so how many properties have you set up yourself?
1: Oh my goodness, I can't even at this point, I don't think I have a count, you know, I would say maybe close to 30. So that's a lot when you know, setups, because setups are very rigorous, you know, it's a rigorous process. But again, because I'm such a learner, even if I don't stay there at one point in any process, I want to be boots on ground, because there's no better way to learn than hands on there really is no way. There is a lot of coaching that will happen and you can learn, you know, auditorily or, you know, you can pick up things. But when you actually walk that process, you know what that investor is going through. You know what the owner, you know, has to go through. And then you also know what you're building for a guest. It is very important to know your project from those three aspects. If you're an arbitrage, from the, the shoes of the investor from the shoes of the owner and from the shoes of the guest. So every one of those projects that I have done set up with, I've taken it as a humbling learning experience that now if somebody asks me, okay, now I do more remote because I can't, I'm at home with my children. My children are homeschooled now. But if people ask me what has to happen, I know from firsthand what has to happen from setting up that amount of units. And that is important, you know, Another thing I just wanted to just add in there, and I don't know why I, I want to say this, but if you have units, you should stay in them. You know, you should stay. Even, yeah. even if It's not everything. Say you have 160, and I got it. You can't stay in 160 of them. But you need to experience what the guests is experiencing. So once you decide that you want a separate unit and you want to keep rolling that out, you want to try out a couple of your units yourself, you know, and then that's going to tell you from... From um, a just yes standpoint with their experiences. And I'll I see a lot of people kind of skip that step. But try not to skip that step because it's gonna give you good insight on mm. what makes your brand out, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And little things, TJ, like when I went to make eggs and then the handle falls out. Well, yeah. the homeowner yeah. bought it that way. They didn't realize. Yeah. You know, that's not something you necessarily have on your checklist to triple check. But once you stay and you go through the whole morning routine, what would I do for breakfast? How's the shower pressure? How- you are abs- you hit the nail on the head. That is so important. And I completely agree with you. So TJ, people want to arbitrage. It's hot. What if we want to just try to do it ourselves? How do we get started? Where was the first place to be? to look. Now, you I'll
1: tell you, before you get the looking out there, you know, listen to me before you get the looking, make <laughs> sure you have your business structure. I don't know how many people I do see a lot of people that already get started. They don't have a business structure. It is for your protection. It is for your protection to have that structure. So if you have not started there, you don't have your business structure, get your business structure. You can do that by going to any secretary of state website. So whatever state you're in, go to the secretary of state website, get that going. Another thing is, you want to have your money ready because our trust does not take very long at all. It literally is. I can have a property in front of you tomorrow. You know, it's that type of quickness to the process. So have your money, your seed money available, and also before you get started with the sourcing, know what your goals are. So I get, and a lot of us probably get a lot of those mentors and coaches get. I want 20 units. You know, <laughs> 20 units by the end of the year, and I hear it a lot, but what you want to do is you want to have tangible goals and you want to, it to come back to why is it that you want the 20 units? Not that you want 20 units, but why is it? It's because you want financial freedom. You don't want to work anymore. Have that. And then if you're going to have that, have an amount in your mind and help you with that. So again, just trying to steer people away from It's not about the amount of units because I have said this before, no hate on Orlando. It's just the research that I have done in, the, in addition to, Coach told me this a long time ago. I am a Disney professional also, but you can have three units in Orlando and one unit in Nashville out form all three of those units. So is it good? Is it good that you have all of these units or is it about the ROI on each unit? So I tell people to try to, think about that. Again, before we get to sourcing, I have to talk, especially with women and I love women. Take your emotions out of it. Same here. I had to learn that you should not be emotionally attached to what it is that you want. You know, as far as if you're looking for ROI, if you're looking for return, you're looking for the numbers to support that this unit is going to put money in your pocket and allow you to scale even to those areas that are called class A areas, the Vegas and Seattles and things like that. So, again, know what you want from a number standpoint. I hate to say that, but know what you want from a number standpoint and try to take your emotions out of it. That's before you get started. Now, once you've got that all down and you say, TJ, I, I've got that, I've got a dungeon number, you know, because I want right. to go even until you got some core beliefs. So I'll take those too. Then that's it. You come, you can either do it yourself by scouring. Rental listings that can be from anywhere. That can be from Facebook Marketplace. That can be from Craigslist. We are not doing anything that you cannot do yourself. It is just time with it. And not only that, so you're scouring those particular listings looking for this. And what you're looking for is not those commercial type of properties, unless you're looking into a corporate lease. And I get into corporate leases later, but unless you're looking for a corporate lease, but you want those private owners that are out there trying to lease their property to what I call a traditional tenant. Now, this is how you make your money. You know, you get these units. You're going to tell them every single way possible that you are better than a traditional unit. I mean, a traditional uh, tenant. I tell them about, I'm going to handle basic maintenance because it impacts our bottom line. If you know, if a light bulb is out, if uh, sinks are clogged and things like that, that's normally something what a traditional tenant will call the landlord in the middle of the night for. But guess what? We don't have time for that. We have check-ins going in and out. So we must take care of those things ourselves. So it's starting to look pretty attractive to that, you know, to that owner. So another thing that we talk about to the owners, and you need to talk to them too about it, is that you're in it for the long haul. They're probably experiencing all kinds of turnovers, you know, every year. And then another thing with deposits is that even once they get their deposit back, it's not enough to cover the damage that's left, you know, behind a lot of the, and I'm not dog, you know, you know, tenants. But it's, it's not a, usually not enough to recover that unit back to move in, uh, move in condition for that follow-on tenant. So we're telling them we're staying longer. We want to stay as long as you' like. Can you let, let us at least stay for three years? If not, you want a trial version. We'll take a two-year trial version, but nothing less than that or you're not going to be able to get that break even point. Uh, you want to break even for whatever you put in. But two years and then maybe just like a little trial period. If you let us stay and you like us after two years, and let them stay a little longer. And I'm talking about when it's a good property, three, five years, go ahead and put that those longer terms out there for them. And that's attractive to those landlords because they don't want to deal with a turnover every time that they have to list that property. So another thing that I like to talk to owners uh, about is that we do little things that, again, not only are we designing design boards for your unit making your unit shine. We're getting uh, professional photos. I'm giving you a copy of these professional photos for you to use unit already staged and looking great, you know, for when it's time for you to sell there. Now they're like, I need to call you back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I need to call you back. I want to have this conversation a little more, you know? So those are the things that, again, I don't care what courses are out there. And I haven't really, I have learned from, again, uh, Alvin Cavalier, but There's nothing better than solving the problem that a owner has. And you speak to those problems. You don't talk about what it is that you're, I really want to be on the beach. I've been, you know, looking for a unit on the beach. So, you know, you don't want to talk from that angle. You want to talk from the angle of, I know there's tenant landlord inefficiencies out there. Let me be the resolution to those. And this is how I can resolve that. And I promise you, I promise you, you will get callbacks. I promise.
0: Yes, 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 yes. You hit the nail on the head. But something surprised Wait. me, TJ. So three
1: years, that's a long time. I'm scared. Talk to me about that. Why? Oh I, love three years? oh, I love it. So I love that you said that. So one thing that I didn't mention about what's attractive with arbitrage is that it's not committal. So it's not committal in the way that if you write the contract, right? I have been experimenting with this over time. If you write the contract right, it let, allows you to exit out of that particular property if certain things become an issue. And those things that we're talking about is those policy issues, those mandates or ordinances that show up overnight and things like that. Maybe some major environmental change that's crippling your ability for ROI. So don't worry about the length of the lease. The reason we say long releases is because when you're putting even you know, $10,000 in, you want time to return that. You want time to pay yourself back. That is not, we're not treating that as a sunk cost. We want that return. So you want to give your time. And usually, if I'm being honest, that return usually shows up somewhere between eight months and a year. So on average, it just depends on your, but the kind of contract, eight months in a year. So you don't want to just be you know, breaking even with your paying yourself back and, and the contract be up, you know, you want that time to go ahead and absorb a hundred percent of whatever profit is coming in instead of again paying back that initial uh startup cost. So the reason why we try to go along with those, and that's that's so you can get the most out of the property. And another thing is guest, you know, you have to take it seriously. And I do, I take it seriously when you are up for at least a year so your listing is up for at least a year i've had mine for a couple of years after that first year you'll start to see those real travelers book a year out you know book a couple months uh you know six to eight months out you want to make sure you have that lead time on your calendar to set what i call real travelers those people that are committing to visit this property so those are some of the reasons why we like to have those longer term conferences. yeah
0: That's awesome. So what's great about it is you have that opportunity to capture all of the profits from all of the hard work, but then you have a a way out just in case those regulatory changes just kind of creep up on you. So that is absolutely awesome. Okay. So we have a question, Justin, you met Justin a little bit earlier. What does the $10,000 go
1: towards when acquiring these properties? Yeah, that's a good question. So that's everything. So when I say I see that average, that is for getting into the lease. You know, your first month's rent, and a lot of times we try to get away from a deposit, but sometimes you can't get away from a deposit. So I'm including the deposit with that. That is for how your much purchase. is the deposit usually? About a month? Yeah, it just a month's uh, a month's worth of deposit. You know, worth of rent. So, and then and then that also just depends on the market you're in. So. Yeah. We try to get either, even if we can't get away from it completely, we try to get it reduced because we are taking care of those smaller maintenance issues. So with that, that's your furniture. And that's also having somebody to help set that up, you know, maybe hiring your cleaning team early to help unpack that stuff and maybe getting your, your um, handyman in there for three days to do the, the actual putting the furniture together and things like that. So that's what I'm talking about. That includes it. Even, in that course, I've seen, you know, a little application fee for to start that ferment process if you have to do that. So that's what I'm talking about when I say, OK, you can get into a unit, you know, anywhere from uh, five thousand to ten thousand dollars.
0: Awesome. That's great. TJ. Oh, my gosh. You've covered so, so much. I've been taking a copious amount of notes. I got to tell you, oh my goodness, what I do love about this powerful pivot, it's bringing some extra cash into my pocket as I try to raise my capital to buy that next acquisition. And you know me, I'm the girl that I believe in. How do I own the least number of properties that generate the highest profitability? Yes. I love that. I don't need a a hundred doors, you know? I think I can change my life with four or five doors. and, and, And so- yeah, absolutely. But that, that was interesting. You, you, you threw a little shade on Orlando there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's I'm not
1: right because Orlando still is performing. You know, it's not because I had to look it up and kind of swallow a little bit of my pride. It's not exactly saturated, but I have run the numbers and you can literally get something in Nashville, Atlanta that will outperform a couple of units. That is the truth because And the reason I try to explain it is because, you know, emotions are high. When people go on vacation and things like that, they want a second home. They want a Mickey home. They want a, you know, a daffy home there. So at some point in Orlando, you know, you'll see more second homes in the market than there are people. And so when we have certain, um, you know, down seasons or even COVID, when that happens, the first thing to go under is those second homes. because. People are trying to save their own home. They have no time to try to figure out how to save their Mickey home over there. So again, I just, that's, that it's not a shame because like I said, I visit uh, Orlando about three times a year, which that this place pays for. But it's just because of the the way that that market is, you know, all of those second homes, you have all of those resorts you're competing against, all of those hotels you're competing against. So you really must be unique in that space Mm -hmm. in order to really- Get the ROI out of that unit, you know, that you want to get. So again, that's that's what I have learned. Don't think that me and my family didn't say, we want that, Mickey, but we have to look at the numbers, you know, we have to look at the numbers. So So now that you mentioned it, and I'm trying to mastermind a little bit with you now.
0: So in order for me to be unique and really be unique, because I saw those Harry Potter homes, I'm going to have to drop a lot of money. A lot of
1: money really sit
0: now. And therefore,
1: That's That's going to take a dip on my ROI, at least in the beginning, if that would. Okay. That's absolutely right. But you know what? You brought up a point that I don't want to leave here until I make it because it's important for all of us. Again, I like the underdog. I like working with the people that are just trying to get changed, shake things up in their life, change a little something. So we talk about unique and we start talking about the ways you can, you know, get into this business. Now we're talking about creativity, becoming, coming into the pitch pitcher and making an even playing field. So you might have somebody who has money and they may not have creativity, so they can get in the business, but you may have somebody who has creativity, but not a lot of money. And they still can get in the business. When we talk about tents and things like that, you're talking about, I'm sorry, York's bell tents for a thousand dollars. I have seen them for a thousand dollars. This takes creativity to turn that into something and what that is, is that that sweat equity still allowing you to step into this business for little to nothing. Because what does it take to furnish a tent? It doesn't take anything. You can, and I've seen it, you know, I saw this uh, tiny house and again, even tiny houses, if you're getting them from, cause they're really shooting up there and cost these days. But if you get them from a wholesaler, so you're getting them from the wholesaler, you're still looking at under $10,000 to actually own an asset and make it something, you know, whether it be, and I saw one. Somebody had peacocks that just walked around outside of the tiny house. They found a, a tiny house uh, parking area and it had peacocks. And now they're like the peacock tiny house, killing it, you know, so... <laughs> Where the peacocks
0: from? That
1: is just hilarious. The peacock tiny house just out there, killing it, killing those regular uh, units out there. So,
0: and I would love, and I'm curious, and I'm gonna look for it because I want to stay at the peacock tiny house. It's just essentially you just branded yourself. You just branded
1: yourself. Creativity is actually somebody who's being creative can actually, you know, even that, pl- that playing field with somebody just coming to the table with a lot of money. Now you definitely are a superstar. If you have money and creativity, that's no brainer, but just say you're somebody that doesn't really have a whole lot of money, but you're creative, you still can kill it. You know, you still can kill it. So
0: that is awesome. That is awesome. So tell me what I can do with our properties. You know, I, I like to set them up. I like to decorate it. What do I do to make it a little bit more unique? Say someone has a property right now, they're yeah. in a sea of thousands of other properties. And this is an ongoing discussion we're having in the group right now where you're so, you know, the competition is steep. I'm not going to call it yeah. saturation because that's an actual economic term. So the competition is steep, and now you're floating lower and lower and lower on the algorithm. How do how do I stop the scroll?
1: How do I really, stand out? Tell us. You know, I just tell you, that's kind of why I have really went into this type of space is that, again, love to follow trends, kind of like you, you like to follow data and trends too. So I do think that's another reason we connect that. So, data points to that in order to stand out, you need something unique, not just a beautiful unit, because if you look around and we just said that you look around every unit now has caught on to the fact that it needs to be beautiful, professionally shot and things like that. And what I'm grateful for, again, for um, Airbnb conducting these types of research or studies that they conduct. recently they conducted a study that showed that people are looking to pick out of this competition. A unit that will allow them to live like a local. So again, you want to try, even if you're rolling out a lot of units, try to look at your unit from a local standpoint. What can I put in that unit that would, you know, allow the the user to see or the guest to see that this is something that will be special, you know, for a lot So I can give you an example. I'm telling you, this is the most rock bottom thing that you could do. And it was for my unit in New Orleans. I knew it had a story, you know, the, the unit in New Orleans. I knew that at some point there was like a Creole family there and things like that. So I started digging into what was the history of this unit. And so the, the history of the unit, and I didn't use the real name, but the history was that that unit was at some point gifted to a freed Creole slave, you know, for because she had children by the owner, and the owner, I guess, it really did love her and the children and things like that. So he had gifted her. That particular plot, which late later on was that shotgun that was built on it. Those things by itself, without you changing anything, will have people in your your inbox asking you more about it and how to get into that unit. So just knowing the the story behind wow. something, not changing anything. Then another thing you might do is you might have a local recipe that's maybe in the you know in the kitchen is a part of a setup or a little vignette in the in the photo. It shows that, hey, we've gotten this uh in our kitchen local recipes that you could put you know crock pot base you could drop these ingredients in a, to a crock pot and have an authentic uh, recipe oh from this particular area so it's just I love the part of this business w- which is getting into the creativity of what you can do right that's awesome
0: and I saw that story so not only uh, do you have that story, but the way you Publicized that it. it was in such a beautiful way. And I did not realize that was your unit.
1: Yeah. You know, it was me honoring it, you know, just honoring again and again, going back to the owner and saying, can you tell me about it? You know, do you mind? And uh, well, I, uh, this is what I know, but just them feeling like you're honoring their yeah. space, you know, again, building that relationship with the owner. Now you've uh, made something unique, you know, that hadn't necessarily has to do with you putting money into it and generating some type of interest in that unit from that aspect. And again, not the best arbitrage units are normally not the highest-end unit, but you can make it special depending on the type of creativity you put into it, right? You're absolutely right. And this it goes into
0: play into purchasing also, because there's a lot that I was looking at with my partner in the polconos of Tennessee. It's over 100 acres. And uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And there's a small area there that there's a different homeowner. And so this is an area that was built and the family owned it forever. Didn't really want to sell it, but they have to sell it. And so, so many people came and outbid us, but because of their history and because of all that they've done for the community, we offered to create in one of our, you know, a little memorial because they had those pictures oh, up. And oh, so oh, you recognize Yeah, you recognize that that's important to them, you know? And so there are some veterans and just the family lineage. And we said, no, we want to keep this. This can be a part of um, the, it's going to be a wellness center that we're like a spa wellness center that we endeavor. And so we went a little bit higher than our, you know, the asking, but we didn't go high, 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 like everyone else, but we won the bid because
1: of that. You're honoring that property. Yeah, that speaks so much to what it is that Redenza is a perfect example. What it is we're trying to get to, where everybody wins. You know, yeah. everybody wins in that Absolutely.
0: Situation. And also we offer them kind of a timeshare. They can come once a year and stay once a oh, year is built out. So I, we thought it was a no brainer and I think they thought so too. So these areas with history are just incredible if you can dig in, but I have a great question from the mastermind. What about the areas without the history? Um, I know you mentioned a creative uh, way to kind of publicize and, and set it apart. Is it like a local recipe that you can uh, you know have a little vignette Take yes. a beautiful photo of it so they can make a local meal. I think that's fantastic. Any that, other little pointers? It's like, yeah. kind of like a beach house. What set the beach house apart from another of those thousands of exactly. houses, right?
1: Well, I tell you, even the smallest thing, like changing the name. So you can, you can, you know, a lot of people say, you know, this is blah blah blah. You know, we're pet and kid friendly. Shake it, it up a little bit. This is the purple buffalo. You know. <laughs> you know so pick, something, pick something that's kind of you You have that maybe stands out about that uh, property that may not be, again, we've seen coastal. If, if, if you have a beach unit, we have seen coastal in 15, 20 different ways, but we have not seen the purple peacock post. you know, so just kind of, you know, change even just the title to point mm-hmm. to something either, even if it's a color scheme, you know, the pink Parisian away you know and then you have kind of a pink palette with some uh paris type of decor in it something that sets it away from the other units so i would say change your your name now another thing is about that airbnb study that i don't think i finished was that they found again that people like something that is local so if you have a, you know even if it's a sports team a lot of people do that but do something different with that sports you know highlight something different about that team maybe you uh, a the origin of a team or one specifically make your unit about one specific player on that team so I'm just throwing out creativity there's no reins on it you can go wherever your mind takes you and the further your mind takes you the better that unit will stand out you know that's the better that you know yeah so
0: and and that really speaks to me and and I think that's so fun you know and from season to season, I love to do like quarterly reviews. Really? Oh, I like that.
1: That's what if you change
0: the art and change the throw pillows, and next year you have a whole it. new theme, right?
1: You know what? That is actually a tip that you everybody should should listen to because the units that or the listings that get that type of attention, where the um, maybe the title is, is changed out because in a bit that's in the you know right there, and the tell you know like you know hey. Or Jazz Fest ready, or something like that. You know, that is a good way that you just brought up that you can keep yourself close to the top in that, that ranking just by changing out your pictures a little bit. You know, by like you said, using the seasons to do that, maybe add a little something to the title to talk specifically about that time frame and the event that's going on. So, yeah, that was perfect. Uh, example, Rachel, perfect. Awesome. Awesome. TJ, I know you're probably needing to get to the
0: kids for dinner. Yeah. That anything else that you would like to share with us before we ask you, how do we find you? Because we all need a TJ in our lives. Let me tell you. Oh, oh. Well, I
1: appreciate it. That I don't have anything other to say other than that I enjoy. And I know it's hard to know. I don't enjoy building my, you know, I've got what I want. You know, I might want another, property. I think I want something out on the West Coast, but my enjoyment Um, From day to day, is actually attacking to other people's project and their goals and seeing those happen. That is one reason everybody has a purpose. I feel like I'm working my purpose now. So I do. Again, I work six days out of the week from my home office, helping with all things in short-term rentals, from your permitting, your setups, and sourcing properties. And I do make women a priority. And I would love it if uh, you connect with me after this. You know, even if it's just to tell me what you got going on. So, yep. Awesome. Awesome. And so, TJ, I'm going to link your group,
0: the women's group where you are sharing STR sourcing information. I'm going to link your other group, the super fun Airbnb with theme. Yeah, group. Theme. I yeah, that's my love it. I love
1: that group. I, <laughs> I do too. I love it because it lets you let loose, you know, with uh, all the things that people are out here. It's kind of just like that unique wild side of, you know, uh, vacation, I like to just call them vacation rentals. It's just fun, you know. It's just fun, and the mm-hmm. listings that
0: you share, and I've been able to find to share, they're out of control, yeah. out of this world. They're incredible, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. So they're a dream, a dream come true. So I cannot wait to this, some of those.
1: I'll be using your model soon. I want to start. Interviewing these folks because there's people out here building some extraordinary things and they need to be on camera talking about this. How <laughs> so- to do <laughs> it? I love that. I love that. Well, I appreciate
0: you taking your time on a nice Friday evening to share with this group. Everyone, please tap into TJ. Ask her questions. She's here to help. And yeah, I'm looking forward to a consultation with you for my next arbitrage. Help is on the way for sure.
1: (laughs) That is it. I am so ready. And that's what we're doing. We actually started sourcing season. So I'm glad you brought that up because I just started sourcing season this week because I don't like to source in the summer. It's too much competition. So this week, and we have, I have, before I go to bed, I have to package up two Atlanta properties that are on the table. So we are doing this every day, you know, trying to bring these properties and match them with the somebody that's just sitting there waiting for their baby, you know, sitting there waiting for the store to deliver their property. So, again, we started sourcing season on Monday and we've already turned out the Joshua Tree uh, project from Hill. And then we have the I had uh, by today, I have two Atlanta properties that are on the table that I will be packaging up and dropping in the group today. Awesome. Awesome. And so
0: TJ, are these, what, what type of asset classes are these just so we can have an idea? Um, asset classes. So like are these single family homes? Are these apartments? Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: they're both. So I do both. I'll put in there. Um, what are call in, in the, even the latter one, one is a corporate lease and the other one is a single family, three bedroom house. Now what I'll do is I'll put in there corporate leases because I do try to keep those relationships up and building those relationships uh, with corporate lease um, complexes, but I tell you exactly what you have to bring to the table. You have to meet those requirements before you can get into that uh, corporate lease opportunity. So it's it's both. So I'm glad you asked that.
0: Awesome, awesome. And I just wanted it to come from you because I did notice that you were doing both. You, you're and and then this glamping thing. It's like a, and then you're doing a land lot.
1: and then you're looking let like. Let me tell you, I'm glad you said that. I'm gonna tell you, I'm glad you said that too, uh, Dr. Rachel, because now one of the projects we have that is going this week is we're finding everywhere possible for you to to legally park your RV or your tiny house that you can rent. Like instead of you going out and buy a a land, we're scrubbing each listing out there that allows you to pull up, um, you know, a tiny house or something like that, and you don't know where to. Park it at and still have these amenities. So we put that on the table to go ahead and start dropping those opportunities, matching you with the tiny house or a tiny house vendor or something like you can want it that might be, you know, up for sale and then also bringing you to where you can park that out. If we haven't found this, so we want to create that. So thank you for reminding me of uh, uh, plugging that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that that
0: is incredible because, you know, someone asked if they could park a tiny house at one of our properties. And TJ, I scoured the Unicode. I couldn't figure it out. And so that's something that these are the types of questions that TJ has seen. And she's actually creating a list. You probably would know, yay or nay, if I'm able to on that particular lot based on the zoning. So this is awesome. This is stuff that we can come to you and rely on you as our subject matter expert in this area. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yes.
1: Thank you. Just go to uh, ctgcorporate.org and there's a little button there that will just say console. You could go there or just email me directly at t.j at uh, ctgcorporate.org. So t.j at ctgcorporate.org. So again, thank you so much, Dr. Rachel. And I do have to get out of here. Thank
0: you so much. Appreciate you.
1: All right.
0: (laughs) You have a good one.
1: You too. Bye now.